Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. In today's episode, I'm going to catch up on some parenting questions that have come in and share them with all of my listeners, since these are common struggles that I get asked frequently. Some of you may be dealing with these now or may just be curious what to do once you do experience them. The first question today is about toddlers and screen time from Skylar. Skylar shared, I am practicing the zero screen time, except for using Skype or FaceTime with relatives who live very far from us, but I have a couple of questions. First, I sometimes come across situations that aren't black and white. For example, my baby stares at my screen when I'm texting a friend, when I'm using any essential app like baby feeding tracker, Uber, podcasts, weather, etc., when I'm working on my laptop, reading, writing emails, or reading and writing documents, when I take selfies of me and my baby. Which of these scenarios are acceptable? And then number two, as much as I put away my phone when not needed, my work entails that I am on call even after business hours. For now, my baby finds the bright screens fascinating whenever he gets a chance to stare at them for a few seconds. As he gets older, I know he will want to grab my phone and play with it. I've seen this happen with other friends and family. Is there any way to mitigate or manage the constant bickering of, no, this is an adult device, then prying it out of his hands for 50 times a day? Is this an unavoidable situation? Your feedback is much appreciated. Thanks in advance. So Skylar, these are great questions. Yes, screens are so enthralling for young minds. And as you've seen, can be a very slippery slope. First, I'll answer your exact questions and then give some general thoughts and guidelines so you can decide how much to temper your use around your infant. First, I would say all of those four scenarios are acceptable. It's not necessary to completely change our lives so that our kids don't see a scream at all for even a split second. So if you're meeting a friend or setting up plans and you need to text, text. If it's something that can wait until later, then do that. Apps are helpful work is necessary, and selfies are fun for sharing and will remind you of so many things you'll forget down the road. So here are some guidelines and thoughts. Think of the rules you will want to have in place as he ages. For our house, it's things like absolutely no screens at mealtimes. So we have always put our phones away at mealtimes. This way, It's always a family habit and will be the norm, so it makes a lot less room to create a battleground about it once our kids have their own phones. Our other rule is that people, overall with some rare exceptions, in front of us come first. A few seconds to respond to someone coming over who's lost or making plans for later that day, a response to a work email, these are fine. Otherwise, we try to do it when the kids are occupied. This can drastically cut down on their insistence on using it or having a turn. In your case, saving as much as you can for nap times would be optimal, but I know it's not always possible. 
as he ages and you set the boundaries about phones being for adults and the less you allow him to watch videos and don't have any games of interest on the phone or the laptops, it will make those battles much fewer and farther between. Really, the main takeaway I like parents to get is that kids need to be playing and interacting with their world to learn and grow. Parents need to be reading, playing with, singing, and talking to their kids for their optimal growth. As long as parents aren't expecting that kids are learning from TV or screen time, and that iPads for toddlers not only are not helpful, but can be detrimental to fine motor development and take away from play that does develop fine motor and social and physical skills they need to advance in their development, then a few minutes of screen time here or there is not bad. If one needs a shower or just a short break, it's okay. It's just not good to rely on it for too long or expect that it's a positive thing. So I'm sure you're doing a wonderful job enriching his world in all the ways that are beneficial to his growth. If you haven't watched the class on kids and media, I strongly recommend that one so that you can learn about the guidelines by age and how to set boundaries and adhere to them around screen time. Since using those stricter guidelines will greatly aid in keeping the screen time at bay throughout childhood. Now, I'll share a story about our oldest and screen time. We were determined not to let him see a screen for his first two years of life. He was a very high-needs baby and didn't sleep at all unless he was snuggled up on someone. Actually, he would scream bloody murder anytime I tried to put him down, whether he was going to sleep or not, even just to go to the bathroom or make a sandwich. At night, he would sleep for 40 minutes at a time, even when he was four months old, if he was ever put down on his own and not snuggled up on us. We needed to figure out how to teach him to sleep longer and on his own. We were exhausted. So we got a book, Sleeping Through the Night, and I couldn't read it because he was so needy. So I got so desperate that I pulled out the Baby Einstein DVDs that someone gave us as a gift and stuck him in front of it for 40 minutes so I could read just enough to get started with him that night. He had never been so quiet for so long without being attached to one of us. He just stared at the screen, mesmerized. We could see why parents could get attached to technology. But that did end up being the only time we let him watch any screen before he turned two. Now he's a crazy, highly active, highly intelligent kid, But boy, was he a hard baby. The next question comes from Marie about her two-year-old son. She says, I have a son who's two years and four months. He's very intelligent and speaks in complete sentences. He looks much older and acts older than his age. I believe this makes others think that he should act older than a two-year-old. He's usually very obedient, but of course, he says no and wants his independence and his own way a lot of the time. Your podcasts and online classes have been extremely helpful. However, there's a certain circumstance that we're going through and I need some help with it. Our son tells his father, his grandparents, his nanny, and me that he does not like us, he does not love us, and or to go away. These statements are not sporadic, but he says them daily and has been doing so for the past four to six months. Sometimes it's obvious that he does not mean it because when we get up and leave to show him that his words have meaning, he cries and says, don't leave, don't leave. However, at other times, he really does want the other person to leave. For instance, sometimes when I'm holding him and snuggling with him and my mother comes into the room, he exclaims, go away, I don't like you. 
it is obvious that he may be thinking that she will take him from me or that he simply wants to be with me alone. So we have tried telling him to use words that explain what he really means. We coach him to say things like, Grandma, I want to be with Mama alone. This has not worked, even though he has the vocabulary to say these things. It has gotten to the point that it's very hurtful to those who hear his words, and it is affecting the relationship between him and the person to whom he is saying these rude statements. He also says this to me about 50% of the time when I get home from work, saying, Go away, Mama. But when I do, he runs after me and wants to hug me. My husband and I and all of our loved ones are very confused and hurt. We have tried everything we can think of, including trying extinction, ignoring it, turning it into somewhat of a game by telling him, I don't want to go away. Why don't you go away? Sometimes he laughs about this, and he always responds with, no, I don't want to go away. At other times, our playfulness annoys him, and he just gets louder with his demands. Telling him that his words are hurtful and that he's not to say that anymore. Following natural consequences, leaving the room when he says, go away, I don't like you. This either causes him to cry and chase after the person, or it makes him feel like he has won the battle because whoever he wanted to leave has done so. However, he does not seem to fully comprehend what he's doing because when the person leaves, he asks, where did Dada go? Where did Dada go? Telling him, well, I like or love you and I don't want to go away. Coaching him to use different words to explain what he may really mean. Distracting him by replying, I want to play with you. Come on, let's go to the playroom and play. Nothing has worked, and he continues to say these things. We're a very loving family who spends quality time together every day. We have routines, we read together, we snuggle, we give family hugs, and we play together. His father and grandparents and nanny are wonderful people who love him very much and spend lots of quality time with him. It's hard for me to watch my husband get home from work and be so upset because his child has told him, I don't love you anymore. And this actually scares me somewhat because I don't want his hurtful words to affect his relationship with his dad. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. 
At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. HomeThreads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home threads. Love where you live. Do you have any advice? So Marie, this is a great question and so much great detail. I really appreciate. And I want to start out by assuring you that your son's behavior is very normal. He's very verbal, very smart little guy. And so his verbal ability is beyond his social emotional development. So I'm going to share first some positives with you. He is very verbal and does so with more sophistication than usual for his age. Second, he's expressing his feelings and he's doing so very well, especially considering his age and his social emotional development. So this is all good. Whereas other toddlers his age might get so overwhelmed under these circumstances and instead have complete meltdowns and tantrums and be unable to verbalize their frustrations. So you've already got the verbalization down. So first I want to help you understand and help you to help everyone else understand that this is not personal and not to take it personally. Now this is easier said than done, I know. So hopefully my reassurance will help in that area. He doesn't fully understand what he's saying. What he means more times than not are things like, I'm feeling very tired or very overwhelmed or sick and I really just want mama right now. Or, I'm feeling overwhelmed and would like to be alone. Or, I'm exhausted and this is too many people in my space. I'd like to just cuddle with mama. But obviously that's way too much for a two-year-old to even understand, let alone communicate. So, Start with understanding that he's feeling tired, overwhelmed, or exhausted, and rather than having a tantrum, he's using words, and so this is the good part. So here are some steps that you can use. Start with empathy. I hear that you're feeling very tired right now and would like to be alone. Or it sounds like you're feeling overwhelmed and just want to cuddle with mama, or whatever the situation is or however you're reading it. Then you can explain that the words like go away can hurt people's feelings, which you've already been doing in some instances, but keep this up and keep doing it every time. Coach him to say things like, I want to be alone with mama, please. Or I want to be alone right now, please. Also understand that this is asking a lot, but it's also important to start coaching and teaching it now because the more repetition, the better. And the more repetition, the sooner he will start to use it. It's nice if you can get it, but don't expect it to be commonplace for a while. But when he does, give him lots of positive reinforcement. Thank you for sharing your feelings in an appropriate manner. I totally understand. I'm going to go do the dishes. I'll be right over here if you need me. 
During quiet times, when he's not feeling overwhelmed, are the best times to teach about these types of lessons and social skills. So in the morning when he's fresh or just after a nap and a snack, you can talk about it. Remember last night when you told Dada to go away because you wanted Mommy alone? That hurt Daddy's feelings. It makes Daddy feel sad. So let's practice using nicer words like, I want Mommy to put me to bed tonight, please. Again, don't expect him to get this for a while. Toddlers are very honest. They're very blunt at times and just say whatever comes to mind the moment it comes. It doesn't mean they don't like the person, but in that moment, they prefer someone else or prefer to be alone. Despite the words he's using, I don't like you or I don't love you, he really does. It's just his way of trying to communicate that this isn't what he wants right now in as strong of a way as possible. This also doesn't mean that you have to give him what he asked for. If you have been with him all day or you have put him to bed the past two nights in a row, it's okay to say tonight is Dada's turn. Kiss him goodnight and walk out. It sucks to be the parent who's feeling rejected. But having both parents spend time with him is very important to build that bond. So don't feel bad about listening to his feelings, but then following through with this is the plan for tonight, even if he's upset. When it is just you and he says he wants to be alone, you can simply say, okay, I'll be right over here. You can get up and go. I know you said he gets upset, but this is the time to teach that those words do have consequences. I think in this case, he's probably testing about how much control or power he has. Go, now come back, I didn't mean it. So if he says go, you can take him at his word and go do something, laundry, dishes, general organization, prepping dinner, then you can let him know. You told me you wanted to be alone, so I left. I'm busy right now for a few minutes. I will be back with you when I'm finished. Just continue keeping yourself busy without engaging or just continue saying, I'll be with you in a few minutes if he starts to get upset. Then in a couple minutes, you can join him again. Pick him up, whatever you want. Then let him know when he tells you to go away that you will go find something else to do. It should stop relatively quickly because if he doesn't mean it, once he realizes you will take him at his word, he'll stop. And then he'll only use it when he really does mean it. So when he does and you go keep yourself busy for a few minutes and he leaves you alone, then he meant it. But it won't last long and soon he'll come and get you. That's when you can coach about how everyone wants to be alone sometimes, but we want to use nicer words. I would like to be alone, please. Now, I know this was a lot. Hopefully it all makes sense and you can pull it all together. Let me know if I missed anything or you have follow-up questions. Most important thing is to remember that he is very young. He loves you and everyone in the family very much. But as a verbal toddler, he'll need some coaching on socially acceptable ways of sharing his feelings. Next week, I'll be covering a topic that relates to the resolution I covered last week. I really wanted to have time to get into that last week, but realized that it warrants its own episode. And that is about giving ourselves permission to feel sexy as parents. This goes for moms and dads. Being a parent in a partnership or even a single parent and being bogged down in the day-to-day tasks of running a household and family can pretty much zap any feeling of sexuality from most of us, especially if you have really young kids. So it takes some intention and focus. And frankly, I think it's a pretty fun topic to uncover. Now, I also have another question I didn't get a chance to answer today. 
So if I have time after the topic next week, I also want to share the question along with the answer I gave to the mom who was asking about nighttime struggles with both of her toddlers. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening to this episode and see you next time. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.